Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Food Safety University podcast. I am so excited to be here, and today we are talking about processes getting 1% better at process. Welcome to Food Safety University. I'm Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele, and this is the one podcast where you can get everything you need to know about food safety and how to run a food manufacturing plant for all of those small and local food manufacturers. If you are into local and sustainable food and agriculture, this is the podcast for you. Every week we cover new and original ideas around how to get the most out of your HACCP planning and how to get your plant up and running and continue running in a way that fulfills your dreams. So grab a pen and paper because every week you're going to need it. See you on the inside. Hello, 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 my friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today we are talking about getting 1% better at your process. And let me tell you, I love me some process. I love myself processed meat. Ha ha. Um, I love process, Terry. I love process. Process is my favorite. <laughs> Whether we're talking about products, which we're actually talking about next week, uh, or we're talking about uh, how we do things at work, um, I love me some process. And as I have been recording these, I have to tell you, I I, I really think my business is pretty much designed, the whole thing is pretty much designed around helping people get better at doing what they love. And that's a really like joyful thing to figure out, I have to tell you. Like getting better at doing what you love is kind of amazing. You know, I love parenting my kids and I get so much return from getting better at parenting my kids. I get, so I kid you not, I have a uh, uh, coach, Maggie Reyes, um, who's been on the podcast. We've talked about communication because she's brilliant. Um, and she's uh, enrolling, I think as I'm talking about this, she's probably enrolling in her marriage MBA program. And she, uh, uh, she helps people get better at marriage. I love being married. I have to tell you, like if you're ever with me and I like see people who are like newly engaged or just got married, I'm like, oh my God, marriage is the best. Because I think marriage is the best. <laughs> right? If you haven't met Andrew, I assure you he is the best husband ever and I'll fight you on that. And so like there's so much joy in getting better at the process of being married. And if you think there's not a process of being married, lo, you and I got to talk. Okay. And so when we think about this and the process of getting, of, of, of getting better. So there's, they're like the processes we have at work. And then we have the process of getting better. So really what we're talking about today is somewhat meta. Um, last week we talked about the process of getting better at your people. And today we're talking about the process of getting better at your process. Now, the good thing is, is that we work in food and our processes are pretty darn obvious. So at the beginning of this, uh, you know, we did the introduction and then we talked about HACCP because that's your biggest process. It is the cornerstone process of what you do, whether, you know, your hazards-based food safety plan, whether it's a HACCP or a preventive controls plan. 
Okay. So I, I've already dedicated a single podcast to process. So today, to the HACCP process. So today we're really going to talk about standard operating procedures and uh, that sort of process. Okay. I will tell you that there are lots of different ways to go about thinking about this. We did strive last week uh, and um, we thought about our people from a strive aspect because that's really what it's um, that's really what it's what it's uh, ground in. Okay. And so today I want to revisit the proofing box. Okay. Well, strive questions can come into this as well, but, but we're going to talk about the proofing box. Now, if it's been a minute since you've gotten on a phone call with me and you're like, well, I don't know if I want to do food safety university, but, and now is the time for you to be doing food safety university. This is the sort of stuff we are covering. Okay, because I promise you, your business will thrive or die based on your culture. And your culture is in one third of the time completely determined by your process. And how do I know this? Because I can diagram it out for you. <laughs> and we diagram it out using the proofing box process. Okay, I came up with this so I could help my clients diagnose what the heck was going on and why they weren't getting the results that they wanted to get when everybody was working so freaking hard. Um, all right. And so let's, when we look at that, I want you to think about, you know, again, I, I joke, you need a pen and paper. Okay. But this really does take a pen and paper. <laughs> and I want you to make a circle and then I want you to divide the circle um, into three pieces of pie. Okay. So three pieces of pie in a circle. And what we're going to do is, is we're going to, um, start with the results. Okay. And we're focusing solely in on process. I can do this. I can, I can do a proofing box literally for anything in your life, but today we're talking about process. And I think we should really kind of hone in on your, um, on your standard operating procedures and all of the supporting things that we have around your standard operating procedures. So now what are those things? Well, if you're in food safety university, go to the plant manager course and start taking plant manager because I walked through it in great detail. <laughs> okay. But those things that are supposed to be there are your risk analysis, your risk-based policy. Okay. Your standard operating procedures, your logs that go along with any of your standard operating procedures, your uh, valid, like, like the scientific documentation behind doing what you are doing. Uh, because in, in most cases we have to, we can't, we can't, as I am fond of saying, make shit up. <laughs> if you are using soap, you have to be using it correctly and you have manufacturer's documentation to make sure that that is the case. So I want you to, so, so there's that part of it. And then the final part of your program is your 90 day validation. I have covered 90 day validations. You can go back in the podcast and find the other podcasts on 90 day validations. And let's, you know, so those are the, those are all of the things that are, that are, that are part of your, what we call programs, where we do programs-based food safety. Of all of that, okay, your process is your SOP. So that's, that's really literally how you do it here. Okay. But I will tell you, I never start there. I never start there and we're not going to start there today. Okay. 
we are going to start getting 1% better at our process by asking of every process we have. Okay, so first of all, do you have a list of all of your processes? Ask of every process we have, of every process that you have, okay? Do you have all of those different parts of it? And the answer may be no to, to some of it, um, and that's okay as long as you have like a fairly good justification, that's totally possible, all right? But starting with each, get your list of processes, okay? And ask yourself, what is the result I am trying to create here, okay? Results come in health, wealth, and community, and you better have one of those results tied to a process, okay? What am I talking about? Let's take sanitation. Everybody's favorite process, like your cornerstone SOP is your sanitation SOP, right? It's such a cornerstone program, it gets its own special designation of SSOP. <laughs> so, uh, what, so what's a health result? Well, a health result is, is you keep the place clean of, of, of bacteria and cross-contamination. I promise you that's a health result. Wealth result of a well-executed standard, sanitation standard operating procedure is fewer recalls. <laughs> Less, uh, and that, that is definitely a wealth result. Recalls are expensive. Ask me how much I am in a recall, right? Uh, so that's, for example, a wealth result. A community result of a sanitation standard operating procedure is everybody knows what they are doing and everybody executes correctly and gets along while they're doing it. I have been on the floor where people are arguing while cleaning is going on, and I promise you the total plate counts go up. I cross my heart and hope to die. I don't recommend you test me on this though. <laughs> okay, so for every, like what I want you to do, okay, and, and plant managers, you can do this as part of your organization gap analysis, right? Ask yourself, what result is this process trying to create, okay? If you can't figure it out, that is a brilliant place for you to start getting 1% better. Next, um, I want you to ask, um, all right, and this can be a little hard, require some abstract thinking. I totally get it. I want you to ask, uh, who, like, who who do you want to be while you're executing? Or, or um, what, what's the energy you want to have in your plant as you're executing this standard operating procedure, okay? I recommend words like integrity, hard work, honesty. Y'all know, you have heard me talk about ad infinitum, all of my SOPs are executed in love and service and self-respect. You could definitely do worse in the world than execute SOPs in love, service, and self-respect. It's an incredibly powerful place to be when you're doing sanitation, okay? And you know, I will point this out because I see this because I spend a lot of time looking at third shift sanitation with people. Um, you can tell the people who are executing the sanitation in love and service and self-respect because they're the ones who are working really hard. You know who these people are uh, and they're, you know, like hold on to them. Definitely go back to uh, last week's podcast and make sure that you've gone through a strive analysis on those people. Okay, so what are the core desired emotions you want to have as this SOP is executed? 
Once you know that, what I want you to do is, is I want you to read your SOPs, okay? I want you to read your risk analysis from the space of whatever those core desired feelings are and allow answers about what could I do to make this a little bit better come up? What could you do to make your sanitation a little bit better? Okay, what could you, you, and you can look at it, especially with something like sanitation, you can look at it from the document process uh, and you can look at it from the actual like work, not actual work, but like the, the actions of the SOP. What can you do to make this 1% better? It's an incredibly powerful way to understand what you can do in your processes to, to, to make them, to make them better, then you're going to create this list. All right. And in the third, so in the first section of pi, we have our results in the second section of pi, I usually put it on the bottom. So, so first section being on the top left-hand corner, then we go to who, and that's in the bottom, the, the bottom third of what we're talking about. And then we're talking about the how, and I want you to list out how can I make this 1% better? Standing in, in my case, love, service, and self-respect. How can I make this SOP better? And then list out the ways. Read the SOP. Read the risk analysis and decide. Don't fix. Here's the thing, though. When you're writing out the how, don't start fixing things. I don't want you to fix anything. I want you to create a task list after which you are going to fix things, okay? And you can do this, you know, like read the SOP in the morning, fix, start fixing things in the afternoon. Read, read everything through all the way, get yourself a gargantuan task list if that's what you really like. I kind of don't recommend that. That gets to be super overwhelming. I recommend small chunks of work. <laughs> okay, small chunks of work will probably get you there equally as fast. Um, and have the added benefit of actually getting the work done, okay? Um, and, and go through and create that list of how. And then, of course, we're going to follow, when we're executing that sort of work, we're going to follow the six-step process that I create, which, by the way, I created by following my own proofing box methodology. That's how I know it works. So we are going to um, form a team. Okay, you now have this gigantic task list, and let's say it's associated with your sanitation. You have this gigantic task list. Who's the team that's going to address all of these tasks? Um, then I want you to decide what problem are we solving? Okay, probably lots of different, there are usually by the time we get to this level of problem solving, there are a bunch of different problems that need to be solved. Group what you can, split out what you can't, totally okay, right? As long as you just kind of define what needs to be solved in a way that makes it solvable. Okay, then you're gonna ask yourself, who's gonna, you know, who are we solving this problem for? Who are we, you know, are we, you know, say you have a problem with the manufacturer's directions and nobody's following the manufacturer's directions. And you figure that out by looking at, by, by kind of comparing what's actually going on on the floor and your manufacturer's directions. Because that never happens, she says in great sarcasm. That happens to me all the time. One of my favorite things to do, as you all know, is go out onto the floor with my cell phone and hit, um, 
uh, hit hit the timer and watch how long that soap stays on that equipment. <laughs> Generally not seven to 12 minutes, which is not according to manufacturer's instructions. Okay, so who are you solving this problem for? By and large, you're solving the problem of making things 1% better for the people executing the work. Most of the times we're solving the problem for our customers. If you're not solving a problem for a customer, I want you to ask why you're doing the work in the first place. <laughs> Okay, we are in business to serve our customers and to have a fair exchange of value for that service. And if what you are doing is not serving your customers, why the hell are you doing it? Okay, go back and listen to some of my podcasts with my brother, all right, where we talk about lean and why we only do things that add value to the customer. <laughs> okay. So I want you to ask that, uh, that question. All right, who are we doing this in service to? All right, and only once you have all three of those things defined, do I want you to then go and say, okay, what are we going to do in this actual solving of the problem, okay? Um, and then you can look at retraining. You can look at clearer documentation. You can, sometimes everybody's perfectly trained and they just kind of forget. Um, and so you can institute visual process controls. Well, there's a process associated with visual process controls. Print, gotta, generally requires printing something out. What's that process? Write that stuff down. Oh, okay. Then uh, I want you to schedule going and executing whatever those tasks are. Put the time on your calendar, put it on your calendar, put it on everybody else's calendars, okay? And then just ask yourself the questions as you did it, what worked, what didn't work, what are you gonna do differently next time, okay? That is an iterative process using all of the tools that I have totally already taught you to get 1% better in your process. So that's what I got for you this week. You're all completely amazing. I love you so much. It is such an honor to work for you, to work with you. Have a week full of awesome and we'll see you next week. Bye guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Food Safety University podcast. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, I want you to go to dirgofoodsafety.com and go check out all the things that we have. If you haven't gotten your HACCP download, go get that or book a call with me and let's talk about getting you into Food Safety University. I'll see you on the inside.